Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share a story of someone's journey through their life and financial vineyard. We take you from their roots to the journey of their vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft their delicious lives. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine. This week, we are going to be talking about a little bit of a journey that I experienced around disaster preparedness. We recently had some flooding here in our area of Jasper, New York, and uh, as we were getting over that flooding, clients of ours were going to be experiencing some possible scary uh, hurricane, Hunray, I think it's Hunray, yeah, was the name of it. And so we sent out an email to those clients saying, hey, just want to give you a heads up that these are some tips that you might want to put in place as uh, as you prepare for this potential hurricane to hit you. Thankfully, it wasn't as severe as they were originally predicting, but it certainly did affect some people and there were some flooding and certainly we our hearts go out to anybody that's experiencing that right now, especially around the preparedness side of things. If we could have in any way, shape or form given them a heads up to some things that they could have done. But before we dig into that, we wanted to uh, we wanted to mention a winery that we discovered on the wine side of wine, wine and dime called Shaw Vineyard. It's a winery out of Himrod, New York, which is off the Finger Lakes area. Uh, we were given a red wine that we very much enjoyed, and we wanted to pass along this sort of off the beaten path winery. Uh, because we, well, number one, we really enjoyed the wine and we enjoyed the Celtic design of the, the wine and the vineyard design on the bottle itself. That's always something that's attracted to me. But number two, there's something very different about this vineyard that we wanted to toss out to you because a lot of people aren't familiar with it. And in fact, we weren't familiar with it. Uh, they make something called orange wine. So this was not something that I had ever ex, um, experienced, but it it is a white wine that is basically uh, fermented similar to the way a red wine is with the skins left on, left on for a period of time. So we were excited to try it. We would encourage you to go out to their winery to explore a little bit more about it, shawvineyards.com and uh, you know, let your taste buds travel with you a little bit if you can't travel a ton uh, yourself. 
So moving into the discussion that I really wanted to make sure we had today, which is around disaster preparedness, we also want to mention that going into September, we are going to be talking a lot about insurance, specifically about property and casualty insurance, which is your home, your auto, your umbrella policy. So be prepared to learn a little bit more about how insurance can help transfer the financial risk from you to the insurance company. That's really the purpose of insurance. Now, insurance is something that a lot of people wish they didn't have to spend their money on, but boy, if they do have a situation, it's certainly there for them to help guide them through that disaster that they might have or that accident that they might have and protect their assets. So today we're going to be covering a couple things. One is a family plan, a go bag, and a document order and to make sure that when and if a disaster actually happens, you are prepared. Now, I have to admit, this was driven by an event that happened to us not too long ago. We were laying in bed sound asleep about quarter to 11 at night, and all of a sudden we heard the eh, 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 eh. It was a sound that was bouncing back and forth between my husband's phone and my phone, it was that emergency um, awareness alert, right? So this was not a test of the disaster recovery system. This was an actual event. Our friends in Addison were being evacuated due to massive flooding that was happening. It's not a sound that you want to be woken up to in any way, shape or form. And it certainly got the heart racing. Our area of Jasper, New York, where we live in the summertime, was also severely affected, but evacuation was not required there. However, it was still very scary and certainly got our blood flowing to be awoken in that manner. So that's what got me thinking about, well, what if it had been something where we had had to be evacuated immediately? Would we be prepared to do that? So I dug out our disaster recovery plan or disaster preparedness plan is really what I should call it. First and foremost, the family emergency communication plan. Who would we call? What are their numbers? Who would need to be contacted? You may have a school or work that you need to get in touch with. Who are the people in and out of town? What doctors and pharmacies and veterinarians would we need to contact if Indeed, there was an emergency where we needed to be evacuated or something like that ha- was happening. Where would we meet in, in the situation if we did need to be evacuated? Would there be a neighborhood that we could go to? Now, in my situation, I did not personally need to be evacuated, but the very next day we had no cell service and we had no um landline service and we had no internet service so we had to find a location where we could get at least a a little bit of a signal to be able to place a phone call and thankfully within our business we have a disaster recovery plan that that actually talks about the steps if something ever happened to me or if i was not able to communicate So we got a hold of uh, Kate Welker on our team, who is the first person that's listed for me to be able to contact. And the cell service was very weak, but she got the message that 
I didn't have landline. I didn't have internet and I had a very weak cell service. So she was able to contact the rest of the team and let them know what was going on. And they were able to communicate with each other and keep in contact until I at least had cell service, which was around 1130 later that day, still very spotty in nature, but at least I did have it. Internet was restored around five o'clock, but you know, we were, well, okay, what would be the next steps if it was beyond 24 hours that was already being planned out? Would you have the same capability? Would you know who to contact in that situation? Is there something that would be pulled off the shelf if you had a similar situation where everything kind of went down unexpectedly? Also, if you did have a situation where your family, let's say you have siblings or parents that had to be evacuated, where would you meet and how would you be in contact? Do you have alternative chargers for things like your cell phones so that um, you would be able to communicate assuming cell services up, uh, but there was no electricity that was going on? We were lucky we didn't lose our electricity as well, but um, if we had, I do have those backup batteries. I have multiple backup batteries that I could use to charge my phone should I be able to communicate. So those are things that you would want to think about. Where to meet is really important as well, as I mentioned, making sure that you all know where you could actually meet up. Now, in my situation, I did try to drive to both Corning and Hornell. And at that point in time, all roads were closed in both directions. So I just ended up going back home and kind of hanging out for a bit to see what happened. But, um, you know, I did get a message to the family, my family, that I was okay. And that, uh, we just, we couldn't get out of the area that we needed to sit tight in our home safely. Also, uh, we needed to look for ideal alternate routes because, uh, as it worked out, the, the trek to Corning was not going to change for a bit. Um, part of the one of the bridges was in pretty bad shape and it's still to be determined as to when that would actually be repaired for me to go the normal route. So we did map out some alternative routes for me to be able to get in different locations if, if we needed to, or even different hospitals should there be an emergency. The other thing that uh, we talked about after the fact was if we had had to be evacuated from our home, who would grab what and carry what and where would we actually go in that situation? So that was something that we talked about after the fact. And we found a great resource, which is a FEMA family communication plan that you can actually fill out. So we will attach that to the show notes so that you and your family can actually fill that out and be prepared in, in your situation. If you have valuables or those kinds of things, it's important to know uh, what are you going to leave? Where could they be protected? Who's going to grab what? Um, especially also important papers and documents. The other thing that we talked a lot about was a to-go bag. Um, of course, we knew that we were going to get an enormous amount of rain. And when we saw um, that Hurricane Henri was on its way to the um, to the East Coast, we talked to clients about creating a go to go bag, which is some water, um, possibly as much as three days supply if possible, some canned goods that would be high in protein like beans, uh, tuna, peanut butter, beef jerky, granola bars, again, have a good three day supply of those kinds of things. And if you have kids, 
make sure that you have some snacks that they would be in maybe drink boxes that they would be able to eat. Some useful tools would be things like flashlights, utility knife, can opener, duct tape, matches, uh, those uh, cell chargers, as I already mentioned. And if you can find one that is a solar cell charger, even better. Um, small bottle of bleach or hand sanitizer, some battery powered or hand crank radio if you have it, and everybody's favorite Swiss Army knife. You also want to have a change of clothes and some shoes. A couple of days worth is very important. Um, very important item would be it, a small uh, first aid kit and some sanitary products like soap, toothbrushes, toothpaste, toothpaste, large trash bags. Uh, those can come in use for multiple reasons, um, including even raincoats. Uh, you always want to have medication. If you hear that a storm might be coming, you want to have at least a week's worth. I always make sure that my medication never runs that close to it. I always have um, my next prescription before I'm out, of course, and um, that I have one week of my prior prescription. So I always have a week's worth. A copy of critical documents like your passport, your driver's license, some checks, your power of attorney, your healthcare proxy, those things, and a little bit of cash. It's a good idea to have maybe $100 in cash in your to-go bag just in case. And then I mentioned that garbage bags can be used as a raincoat sometimes, but if you do have a, a rain poncho, then it's a good idea to have something like that in the to-go bag also. Some stay at home ideas we suggest when there's, whether it's a, a hurricane or a bad potential flooding, flash flooding, or if it's something like a snowstorm that where you could lose power, we suggest that you fill the bathtub with fresh water prior to the storm. That's something that can uh, you can dip into and get for um, flushing the toilets or washing some dishes, that sort of thing. So a full bathtub full of fresh water prior to the storm is a good idea. Again, food, if there's time to cook and prepare meals for a couple of days, um, then that's great. And then just make sure that you can store some of that stuff in a cooler. It's great to have some of those dry supplies as well. Um, move, make sure that to go bag that I mentioned is in a safe area. It's at, uh, it's at a high enough level that it wouldn't get wet if there was any kind of flooding and make sure that you have some spare batteries and, um, backups to some of those items that I mentioned previously and have only one person have their cell phone on to conserve energy. So that's one way that you can, uh, have those backup supports there is that you could switch on and off with cell phones. Finally, one thing that we want to mention is to have important documents scanned and uploaded. I know I've given the tip in, in the past, but give access to um, those documents to somebody just in case. Uh, make sure that your backup financial power of attorney is aware um, because that's something that they may need and also your healthcare proxy. And I would say uh, make a list of critical accounts and contacts. So that's something that can be stuffed into your to-go bag, maybe um, who you bank with, who your car loan is with, any critical credit cards, 
again, who would be a critical point of contact just in case. So we have, we recommend that you throw that information in there. If you listened to last month's podcast, we talked about developing a red file. It's a good idea to have the same documents in your to-go bag, uh, uh, copies of them or lists of them as uh, we recommend in your your red file. In fact, many people will just grab that red file and stick it in their to-go bag temporarily. Put it in a Ziploc bag just in case something gets wet. That way it doesn't get ruined as well. So we love zip- Ziploc bags during times of emergency preparedness, just in the event that something gets accidentally dropped or gets wet, then it has an extra layer of protection. We know this wasn't an upbeat, exciting podcast, but we hope that you got some good ideas and good tips for yourself. If you've liked this podcast or you think that somebody else might want to listen to it, please feel free to share it and head on over to iTunes to like us and rate us. Um, That's how other people find us. And we'd certainly appreciate that. We hope this has been helpful and that you don't have to utilize it, but it's kind of like insurance. We know we have to use it or or we should have it. Excuse me. Uh, We hope we don't have to use it. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dime. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at rootedpg for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next time.